The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Voice talk presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. We're trying to figure out which our camera, camera situation here. We've got I was so like left camera. Right. <laughs> so a good start for us here on the pod on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon, ladies. We are tying a bow on Sunday's game versus Detroit as we get ready uh, to look ahead to the Chicago game coming up on Sunday. Obviously, a little bit of breaking news today uh, ahead of the trade deadline. The Cowboys. Uh, making a trade with the Raiders. They acquired defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins and a 2024 seventh-round pick in exchange for a 2023 sixth-round pick. That's according to Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero. I always say his name wrong. Pelissero, Pelissero. Uh, we also confirmed it here in-house. Uh, so he brings a lot to the table. He's six foot three, 340 pounds. Uh, Patrick Nosey Walker described him earlier as the <laughs> Jason Peters of the defense. So that's uh, exciting to get some size. Uh, Just a couple of things about him, and then I'm going to open the floor because I love to hear from you ladies. Uh, He's a former second-round pick from the Giants back in 2013. He has been in the league for 10 seasons with 366 tackles, 36 tackles for loss, 47 quarterback hits, and and 14.5 sacks. Uh, But really, uh, the big thing here is that he's going to kind of help shore up that run defense. We've talked about where that defense has a little bit of weakness for the Cowboys. That's kind of where it's at. So uh, hopefully him coming in will kind of help bolster that defensive line, particularly on the interior. Uh, So I'm going to open the floor, ladies. What do we think about the Jason Peters of the defense? Um, I like the addition. I think it's timely. Uh, The Cowboys are going up against what Chicago, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Jags in the next four games, or it's coming up soon. They're going to have to deal with these defenses that, well, offenses that like to run the ball. We saw Chicago yesterday. They do a lot with the run game, the RPO, whatever. Um, So I think they're just trying to prep. prep. I like that they're kind of getting ahead of it in a way, you know, getting him in here before the bye. So that's going to give him some more time to get acclimated, get into the playbook and and understand what's going on. Um, I like the addition. We've been asking for a ham in the middle middle of the defense right now. I think it's going to – I think it's, I, we'll see how he fits into this rotation, but for right now, I like the addition for sure. And I think there's been a lot of talk of how can this defense get any better, and it always goes back to their lack of run defense, right? And and so I think adding this addition, yes, it's going to be beneficial, but also you look at the teams that they're about to play, like you just mentioned. We already know, um, you, you know, they have their bye week, and then we're talking after that. You have Green Bay, who obviously is going to rely on that run with Aaron Jones. We know what Aaron Jones can do when he gets going. Aaron Jones is one of the greatest running backs. Uh, I'm a little biased, being that uh, I'm from El Paso. El Paso. I'm, I'm from the El Paso area, and uh, it was really cool seeing him, you know, transition through that time. But uh, I will give credit to Aaron Jones. Also, we know how the Giants are going to rely on the run. We already saw that this season. So when you're looking at the longevity of really this decision, it's going to be more helpful than it is hurtful, um, especially with the teams you have. Especially when you look even further ahead to the NFC East as a whole. And and you're starting to look at the wins and the losses that are going to uh, really play a big part in playoff potential uh, and, and all of that, whether it be uh, a wild card spot or whatever the case is. So I think this is the half of the season where those things matter, 
even more than they did the first half of the season because it's going to come down to simple wins, simple losses, uh, and all that good math and good stuff. Yeah, and to add to that, you know, you know that Patrick calls him kind of the Jason Peters. I think also, too, just having him in that room, you know, as that at that tackle position. Cowboys have a lot of young guys in yep. here in this locker room. So when you start talking about experience uh, and bringing someone that's experienced in that position in this room, I think it's going to pay dividends because you'll see, even with the gap integrity with some of the guys, it's just – it's a learning process, you know, learning when to shed and tackle, where to shed and tackle. And I think him being in that in that locker room could help just like with Jason Peters with the younger tackles. Yeah, we talk about the schedule. Uh, the Cowboys facing the four top-ranked rush offenses coming up, Chicago number one, Giants, Eagles, and the Jaguars the rest of the way. So you talk about playing against guys like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, uh, even against the Lions on Sunday. Yeah. That was really a big issue. They could not stop the run. And uh, so I think that this is going to really provide that depth like you talked about. Uh, here's where things get interesting, though. The Cowboys now have 10 defensive linemen on the roster with Terrell Basham uh, coming off of that 21-day practice window. Uh, is there such a thing as too much? Um, I So I would say normally you would say, oh, my God, there's so many humans. <laughs> but let's not get too cute. Let's not forget last season when, when last year, I mean – this is a long season, and I think people have to remember, like, a 17-game season is a long time, and we're still very early in this season. Like, injuries happen, even nitpicky injuries, and to have the guys that can come in, even if the guy's not dealing with something serious, it's not a big deal, that can come in and play um, and be ready and available, I think says something, but also, too, with the different rotations and packages, you know, that the Cowboys like to roll out. My bad, y'all. <laughs> I keep thinking it's mine. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait. My bad. Usually it's my computer. Aisha's popping in there. It literally was just just tagging me or something, of course. Sorry, that was me. But no, nah, no, nah, I think I think depth is uh is something that we've seen with this Cowboys team is is helped and even last year. And I think the mindset going into it continuing to keep depth at these different positions is gonna help later over time. Fresh legs. On a defensive line, it helps you later in the playoffs. And I think keeping that same ideal of rotating players, like we see very well on the O-line on the other side of the ball with Jason Peters, you know, to, to that statute, I think that is very helpful for keeping people young, keeping people fresh, especially as, you know, they get more banged up as the season goes on. It allows for, you know, more of a rotation to keep them healthy for a longer period of time because I, I cannot believe how fast this season has gone by. It's, know, it's already week eight. But, but that's what I'm saying. We're basically almost to that halfway point and now you have to start thinking um, you know, you've always been thinking playoff contention, playoff, all of that. But you have to think of, you know, when it comes to a player's health, you have to think of the long-term effects and how that's going to help. And, and I'm really glad you brought up that veteran leadership in the locker room because I think we've seen plenty of examples to how that's benefited the team already. Yeah, and you talk about veteran leadership, another transaction made today, uh, adding cornerback Kendall Sheffield to the practice squad to help. <laughs> That Jordan Lewis injury, as we know, he is out for the season, had surgery on Sunday uh, with a Liz Frank injury. And we talk about not trying to get attached and separating the fandom from yeah. being a reporter, but you just you hate to see stuff like that happen. You know, making a big play, a game changing play. 
just to miss out on the rest of the season. It's really tough for Jordan Lewis, uh, so we obviously wish him well and we wish him a good recovery uh, on that timetable. But uh, like I said, adding Kendall Sheffield, a couple quick stats about him. He was a Falcons fourth-round pick back in 2019. He played in 38 games before being waived in May. He was claimed by the Texans and then released earlier this month. He has 101 tackles and two forced fumbles with Atlanta. He's obviously on the practice squad for now, so we'll see kind of how he's able to work into the lineup. But... uh, Mike McCarthy was very open and very candid about that loss to Jordan Lewis and just what that meant, losing a veteran leader uh, in the secondary, a guy who he relies on, calls consistent. But he also specified Deron Bland Mm -hmm. stepping up. And I think that that's really interesting because he had nothing but good things to say uh, about Deron. And another key word that he said was how consistent Duran was. Yeah. Uh, and I would just, I would love to hear uh, you guys' thoughts on Duran and just that injury in general and what the secondary, how that's going to have to shift now with Lewis out. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's something that, you know, gets taken for granted, but, like, there this team is particularly young in a lot of spots, you know. So with Jordan, whatever treatment he has to go through and stuff, considering the fact that maybe he's not going to be in the locker room as much right now, I understand them bringing in a guy that's kind of been here before or whatever the case may be to fill that spot. Now, in regard to Deron Bland, um, I'm excited to see what he can do um, doing slot work. I think he plays well on the outside too, but um, one thing about Deron Bland that excites me is that he is gritty. He's not afraid to get guys off of, you know, the line of scrimmage. He's not afraid to get in their face. Um, But also I think his size, you know, Jordan Lewis plays big. I've always said he plays big because he's not the biggest guy um, to be playing in that nickel, but he tackles well. And I think Deron Bland coming and being in the middle of that that defense where you are getting uh, gashed sometimes with those crossing routes and stuff like that, those quick slants, I think maybe his size is going to help get guys off their dime a little bit coming off the line. And he also has a nose for the ball. It, it, like every time he came in in training camp preseason, like he found the ball. And um, I think part of that is just natural ball skills and having that. And to add that to the middle of this defense, which is something I think you're lacking a little bit right now, I think says something. So I'm excited just to get his attitude out on the on the field because he has a way that he plays that is just like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> and if a ball's in the air, he thinks he's it's gonna his. He's going to get it. He's, he's going to get it. His. He's proved so, it. Exactly. So you're putting another guy. We may have some growing pains, whatever the case may be, because he's a younger guy. He still has to learn the position to its full potential. But at the same time, he's extinctive. And a lot of the things he's done in fi- on film, you just didn't expect to see from a young rookie player. So I'm excited to see him out there y'all I think uh to sum it up is Deron Bland is anything but bland yeah I mean really that is like my my favorite thing to say (laughs) because Deron Bland is anything but bland (laughs) I I think when it when it comes to Deron Bland he's somebody that uh popped out early on in training camp when when you look back at everything training camp that was a name that everyone's like wait who is this guy? I, I want to see a little bit more, a little bit more of him. And and so I, I think this is exactly the culture that uh, the Cowboys have really created at this point. You're looking at the younger guy stepping up, and, and it goes very similar to what was echoed throughout this entire season so far, which is, hey, we have enough, de- enough depth, try saying that 10 times fast, <laughs> that you have the younger guys that can step up. And so I think that's um, a real benefit that you have the younger players 
players that are ready to go and ready to step up, but also take the mentorship. I, I mean, we talk about that a lot. We just talked about it, but you take the mentorship from those veterans. I mean, it's scary. It is it is scary how much depth is within this team. So I'm excited to see a little bit more of Deron Bland so I can keep saying he's anything but Bland. And uh, if you're saying that on Twitter, you better tag me. I just put it on Twitter <laughs> and tagged you in it. So there you go. <laughs> see, I have my notifications on. So there we go. Haley, quick with it. <laughs> I did no, no, no. see her write something down. I, did, I was like, I know she just wrote I did down. give you your flowers. I did tag you. I said Jess Thanks, is girl. dropping some bars Thanks, on the girl. pod. So. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate you. There's that. Um, and <laughs> while we're on the subject uh, of young guys, you know, like Dak Prescott said on Sunday in his press conference, and, and Zeke echoed these sentiments yesterday on Cowboys Hour, this is the most talented rookie class that he has had the pleasure of getting to work with, getting mm-hmm. to see develop. Uh, and I think this is the time of the season where you really start to see not just your depth, but that next man up mentality, I think, along with the theme of resiliency, uh, the Cowboys have really bought into that next man up mentality. Because, you know, when you talk about Deron Bland, his first game he played and he found it an hour before kickoff that he yeah. was going in and he finished with a game ceiling pick. And yeah. he knew the play the whole way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's just really cool. Uh, we can't go without talking about Sam Williams, a guy who is oh. very highly growing on me. Just the game yep. that he had uh, two sacks, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery that pretty much put the game away. Uh, we've got some sound as well from Jerry Jones. Jazzy, if you could cue that up. But here's what Jerry Jones had to say uh, about Sam Williams this morning. When I think of Sam Williams, I just picture of some just running, running, running. I don't know when I've seen a player run as well and run as much as he does. And he'll go from sideline to sideline, run as long as you want him to all day long. Uh, and he's got the size to go with it. But uh, 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 those uh, to take advantage of – that size and being able to run and his quickness is uh, uh, but really what is uh, his skill, if you will. And uh, he's, uh, he's a guy that has evolved uh, as a, uh, a pass-rushing weapon when he was at school, and uh, he's just starting to take it to another level. Uh, and Dan and the leadership out there with the Quinn and the leadership of the coaches have got him pegged right. They, they see uh, his skill and uh, are using it. And uh, so I'm excited about Sam Williams, what he adds to uh, uh, really he's unique in terms of adding that speed run to our uh, defense and especially our pass rush. So I know that was a little long, but there was no point in there that I felt like I could take anything out of that because everything yeah. he said was so true. And when you think about what makes Micah Parsons so dangerous speed. is his yeah. speed, mm-hmm. right? And again, Zeke talked about it yesterday so much on Cowboys Hour was how freakishly fast Micah Parsons is. And now you've got another guy, another young guy who's coming in. You've got the owner saying, when I think of Sam Williams, I think of running, running, running. And yeah. it is scary. <laughs> there Love it that. Is. It's scary <laughs> in, a, in a good way uh, if you're wearing a Cowboys uniform to think you now have two guys who can pass rush the way they're pass rushing, uh, making big plays down the stretch, forcing fumbles, recovering fumbles. At one point, Sam picked that guy up like WWE and, and threw him down. You yeah, know girl, I mean? not WWE references. <laughs> Don't start. I know. That was a, that was a, tri- that was a tribute to Rob Phillips uh, because he loves WWE. It was a good body. But, but it's, it's, it's crazy to think 
because we were talking before the show, you know, how we can make Micah more effective and keep him from getting banged up. But maybe that's your answer. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sam Williams is, and, and when I hear Jerry talk about he, he can just run and run and run, his motor is something that was evident on tape, like coming out of college. And I think that's a big reason why he's here is that he does not give up on plays. And um, that's something you see from Micah. It's so funny because you put them next to each other and people be saying they're twins. And it's funny to me because I'm like, Okay, we'll play the same. <laughs> okay, Sam, well, and, um, but I also, too, Dan Quinn's uh, presser yesterday, he talked about Sam and how, you know, at the beginning of the season, you saw him make some of those mistakes early on, and Dan Quinn talked about wanting him to make those mistakes and getting those out the way and continuing developing. The increase in his snaps, I would assume he's earning it. He's earning that increase in his snaps because he is playing more disciplined. He is getting he's he's effort. Effort is everything. Mm-hmm. But that's something that like I I knew I expected for him anyway. But he's also getting better with his pass rush moves and his counters and stuff. And I think it just really attests to the coaching that's in this room. Like in this in this uh, on the defensive side of the ball specifically. When Sam came in, a lot of people, he, he was not polished. He talked about being a raw player and, you know, learning. And so I'm excited just to continue to see him develop, and we're getting to experience it and actually pay dividends. Like, it's paying dividends so early in the season. And I just want to say shout-out to the scouting department because something you cannot teach is effort. You mm-hmm. can't teach players to want to be better. You can't teach those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're seeing is the culture that has been established here it's all of these men that are so hard to come by that all want to be taught. They all want to be better. They all have accountability for themselves, which is very, very important, and each other. Mm-hmm. And it is just so nice to see um, just such versatility with men and players that that want to want to be better in different ways. You know, they're not just honed in on being better in one way. It's it's the versatility that I think makes this defense so scary. And so when Jerry Jones was talking right there, all I heard was versatility. Because there's multiple things that he hit points on that, again, that's what also makes Micah a threat is how versatile he is. And we've heard it echoed from every single coach that the the head coach that the Cowboys have played every single every single week. It is, oh, well, why is Micah Parsons a big threat? Oh, well, because he's so versatile and he can do this and this and this. It's the same answer every week because it's such a threat for opposing offenses. So, um, yeah, I think it's amazing. You can't coach effort. You can't coach players to want to put that effort in. And so flowers for that. And get better. I think, too, uh, real quick, because I also found this uh, cute stat about Sam Williams that I'm going to drop in here. But I think what makes him really unique, too, is along the same lines of you can't teach effort – you also can't teach attitude. Mm. And there's something to be said about a guy who has come in, this is his first year as a professional football player. He, you see him in the locker room, you see him on the field, he's got this swagger about him where he's like, I know I'm better than you. And it, it just feels like as a rookie, you know, like, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, when you look again, like when you look at what he was doing at his old school, they were rushing three. <laughs> yeah. And he was getting home. You know, so this is a guy that's like, I know what I'm capable of on so much, like working with so much less. And like, and his, he's talked about his toolbox. So <laughs> his toolbox, I need to get him one and put it in the locker room. 
But yeah, he talks about his toolbox and he's just like adding, Bob the Builder. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. But he's just adding to it. He's mm-hmm. just adding to it. And as he learns, you know, the DM position, because it's not an easy position, y'all. Like, it's not easy. Um, I think he's going to continue to get better. He's improving in the run game in certain spots, too. Um, yeah. But yeah, his attitude is something that I felt like I saw from him, mm-hmm. even when he was, because yeah. he's used to being the guy. Yeah. They, they asked him to go make a play, and he did. So he's like, now I can just be the guy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got to be the guy all the time yeah. so he and that's why I think he makes the best of his snaps because he understands hey this might be hit for me right now like because this is a deep line it's also funny you mentioned toolbox because we also talk about how there are certain phrases that are echoed within this team I have heard Kellen Moore say toolbox I have heard Dan Quinn say toolbox <laughs> and Mike McCarthy say toolbox so again they're bought into the culture they're bought into their coaching and you can't want anything more than that Williams is the fourth Cowboys rookie since 1982 to record two sacks and a forced fumble, joining, guess who? Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, Victor Butler, and Demarcus Ware. So, uh, like we talked about earlier, maybe some shades of Micah. uh, But we are proud of this rookie class. And uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. But when we come back, it's Tuesday, y'all. So you know what that means. We've got another fabulous lady sliding into our fourth chair. uh, And we're going to introduce you to our special guest when we come back here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, dating the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. I am so excited to introduce you to our special guest. But before we get there, let's head on over to Jess. Guys, we are talking all about Halloween. I'm so excited (laughs) to say this. I love Halloween so much. (laughs) Celebrate spooky season this Saturday, October 29th, at the Halloween Spooktacular at the Star, presented by Monument Reality. Uh, Reality, I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. I cannot read. Y'all have me distracted. Please. Uh, Come dressed in your Halloween best while you and the family trunk or treat, then head into the Star District for live music, spooky games, crafts, treats, and even more. This event will take place from 3 to 7, so for more information, head to thestardistrict.com. I love Halloween. 
Halloween. I'm okay with Halloween. Halloween. We'll get into it. I tried to be spooky. Trying to get in the spooky season, y'all. Boys got your boys got all deep. We are so excited on Haters. Tuesdays, y'all. We uh, This is a new segment we've kind of launched over the last couple of weeks uh, where we uh, have the pleasure of chatting with a fantastic woman within the Dallas Cowboys organization, and today is no different. We are chatting with Claire Gilbert, the performance dietitian for the Dallas Cowboys. Claire, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. There, there it is. There it there is. There it There's is. your applause. Uh, we just kind of want to start this off, just open the floor to you. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do here at uh, the star yeah so i am a performance dietitian it's me and my boss scott um so he's the director and i'm assistant and i've been here for this is my fourth season my first two years i was an intern and then i started full-time in january of 2021 so i've been here for almost three and a half years so it's been good and is this something that you've always wanted to do? Did you know you would work within, you know, sports specifically? And uh, how did you even get into into doing that? And, and tell us all about that journey. Yeah, so I never thought I was going to be here in sports and specifically NFL. So when I, I started college in dietetics, but I thought I was going to do um, community nutrition because I wanted to work with kids too. So I was thinking like, Summer programs, really anything, food bank, that was really why I started in nutrition. But then I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I went to LSU. So I started helping with the undergrad sports nutrition program, but really just because my grades weren't really good. <laughs> so honest. So, yeah. I know that's right. So, yeah. so I just had to do everything I could to like get my resume built up, honestly. And so my friends were doing it, and so I just joined just because, yeah, resume builder, and then I ended up really liking it. And the reason I'm in it, like in sports, is similar to community nutrition, just helping people um, – as people, no matter kind of where they're from, what they do, that kind of thing, everybody needs to eat and everybody needs good nutrition. So it's cool because like the motivation behind it is the same, but it's just a totally different platform than I ever thought I was going to be in. So real quick, can you just give us like a basic rundown of what your responsibilities are here with the Cowboys? You don't have to be super sure. specific, but just so that uh, listeners know. Sure. So my boss and I split it up. Um, like his office is near the training table, which is our food, dining hall, cafeteria, and then I'm more in the weight room. So my office is a fueling station. So that's kind Love of... That. So yeah. everyone likes coming to chat with you because you've got the snacks. I have the food. I make the smoothies too. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then we, we walk back and forth, but that's where our stations are. And so that's a lot of what I do is in the weight room when guys are lifting and um, coming in and out of there if they need... Um, smoothies, if just meal plans. It's a good place where everybody comes, so it's a good place to kind of check in with everybody and see how they are and all of that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of in general. In general, I say like what I do is just kind of observing everyone and because a lot of nutrition, you can't just, you know, like not really knowing someone. I'm not just going to be like, you need to do this and you need to do that. It's a lot of like, okay, I see you doing this. Or you say you're not sleeping well. Or you're saying you're feeling this. Like, maybe try this. So it's kind of just getting to be able to know everybody and see their habits and see what they do and then making change from there. So that's kind of the big scope of what we do. 
Very, very cool. And so, um, you know, you've been here for four years, you said, going on four. And mm-hmm. so what really has stood out to you the most out of that time? Like, what is your favorite part of your job within that span of four years? There can sure. be, you know, just a favorite part. What is your favorite part? Uh, that You know, I, I feel like when we come to work, it kind, it kind of sometimes can be a little mundane and you're you're in the in the thick of it. And you just you have one specific thin, thing that keeps you coming to work that you're like, yeah, that sure. fires me up what's that one thing for you yeah um I think I mean similar to what I mentioned before it's just like the relationships and the motivation of getting to meet the guys where they're at and I also I like being a dietitian too because you get to work with the trainers strength staff coaches we also have our kitchen staff like you just I mean it relates to everybody so I like just being able to work with so many different people um and just yeah, the relationship aspect, I think, is because it is. It's a grind. It's a lot. <laughs> okay. I have two questions. Number yeah. one, you said you're, you went to LSU. So yeah, how I do did. you feel about the game this weekend, this past weekend? Oh, Are yeah. you a fan? No. Yeah, I'm okay. a fan. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's a lot of LSU fans yeah, in my building, no, so I right. wanted to ask. It was good. My parents were there. And it's fun because when I was in college when we played Ole Miss, we stormed the field. And so it was just cool to see that people were doing that. Just was like good memory okay. I was brought back so and then, sorry I was like the, the game this Saturday, <laughs> Saturday. Like, I don't have a clue I, I even I would like pulled up the schedule too so I could be like it's this. I, know. I think they have oh, I yeah. think they have a bye this week so you were in the clear yeah, yeah I should have said last week my bad okay no, and okay. then um do you have any tips I know you mentioned like I obviously it can't be like specific to one person but sure. you mentioned like eating habits and sleep mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Do you have any tips for us or anyone here about, you know, how our eating can affect our sleeping habits? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's, I'm, let me see how I can. Yeah. It's like a very broad. No, it's okay. I think a lot of it is balance, which is not – people don't want to hear that because it's not sexy. It's not like this, this, and this. But I think it is just – like being in a routine too, like is I think it's very healthy for us, whether that's food, sleep, like getting in a pattern and kind of figuring out what works for you. Um, I think that that and I mean, that's extremely general, but it's that's part of it is getting in a routine, especially for sleep. It's like going to bed at nine and then 10 and then midnight and then seven. It's just like our bodies kind of get freaked out. So that's a huge part with sleep and eating too, getting getting in balance and you know, just not being too strict on yourself. I think that that's something that we can get really tied up in of like, I can't eat this. I can eat this. Like, oh, I had this. So I need to eat this. And it's just, it sucks the life out of living. Yeah, I needed that last part. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Um, you. Yeah. Um, When it comes to, I guess, like your uh, preparation for like work or, you know, what does that kind of look like? Because you, as you mentioned, you know, you're spending a lot of time in the weight room, you're making smoothies. So from a preparation standpoint, how, like, how do you get ready for the day, I guess? Mm, yeah. So the day starts pretty early. It starts at like six. And so I think oh. a lot. <laughs> I know, right? So you're a morning person? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it hurt me. <laughs> no, people know not to talk to me until like 10 a.m. There you go. Honestly, same, <laughs> Until you're though. a little awake. Yeah, honestly, yeah. same. That's same. funny. But um, I think, I mean, a lot of it is kind of like the fueling station, stocking that. So a lot of it's like physical inventory, like loading everything up, all that kind of stuff. And then some guys want breakfast smoothies and um, till the day really gets rolling. And then it's getting ready for practice and then going to lunch right after practice. And then we have a snack cart for the meetings and all that kind of stuff. So it's just really like getting food organized and placing it places. So. What do you think the favorite snack is? Oh, what I know is probably one they be snack. tearing up. 
Yeah, we have um, these Dots pretzels right now Ooh. that are really good. Wow. Yeah, okay. I'm, there are a few things that <laughs> pistachios, they like the chili pistachios too. Those are good. So, yeah. So Does the game day prep, sorry, Jess, does oh, the game good. day prep look different than a practice prep? Um, it's similar, but we have a trunk that we basically load everything. It's like a little portable fueling station, I guess. We don't do smoothies, but it's more of we'll be, we have pregame meal and then we'll go to the stadium, whether it's home or away, and we have the same trunk and that has all of the pregame, like carb stuff like that in there. So kind of, it's similar, but it's more like on the go. So. Gotcha. And something that we really pride ourselves on is is highlighting, you know, women like yourself that come in here and they work in a really a male-dominated industry. And so I know for me, like being a little girl looking up to women working in sports, it was always like, oh, I could do that one day. So what is your advice to maybe uh, some of the girls that are watching that are trying to take a very similar career path and what advice would you give them? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I was still sorry. That was so deep. No, it's good. <laughs> I like these questions, but I just have to think sometimes. But I think a lot of it is I'm still figuring it out. So it's kind of just giving yourself a lot of I don't know what the word is grace, grace or just yeah. like the freedom to feel different things. You know, it's just especially me. I was not growing up like I was like I'm not going to be in sports. So this whenever I got this job, it was like what is this like <laughs> world like I didn't didn't really know football didn't really understand like the sports world like I had you know interned as an undergrad but it wasn't like so immersed in it now where you work with 99.9 percent men and um thankfully here like my boss is amazing like if everyone had a Scott you know that would be <laughs> just because he's he's one of the just best for listening and like understand like trying to understand where I'm coming from with things and so he's made it very helpful um so if everyone had one of those just find yourself one of those <laughs> or a boss but um Scott if you're listening that sounds like a promotion <laughs> <laughs> so uh but yeah just I think um yeah just like giving yourself grace and also just kind of trying to figure out how you fit into it and all of that's listening and I've also realized like being relatable is not my approach because I can't really be relatable to a lot of the people I work with so it's just listening and meeting them where they're at and like okay this is my role and I can't I'm not the same as everyone else so but I can still have a role and so how can I serve other people um so I don't know. That's that kind of my I know that last perfect answer. That gave I know. me goosebumps. Yeah, that <laughs> was amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, along those same lines, um, what are some challenges that you've dealt with and kind of had to work through? Because, I mean, I feel like we all have a laundry list of things we've had to deal with. But from a position you're in, what are some of those challenges? Sure. I think just like figuring out the culture again. And I think that's partly because of me not really, you know, knowing what I was getting myself into 100%. But that's... That again, it was like just taking a step back and being like, okay, where, like being yourself and like fitting out, like figuring out where that fits in. And that can just take some time. Um, so I think I'm still figuring that out. And I think that that, especially with COVID and all of that stuff, I mean, two years was kind of, I kind of don't count that because there wasn't any stability there. Um, but 
That's so fair. No, I was I was just saying, like, I didn't even think about the fact that you said you've been here four years. Yeah. And two out of those years maybe were weird sure, for you because yeah. of COVID. Because so, yeah, 2019 is when I started, and mm-hmm. 2020 mm-hmm. was COVID, what so, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. 2021 was still kind of crazy. So, yeah. So maybe ask me in, like, <laughs> four more years. Have you back on, and then you can tell us how things yeah. are getting better for you. Hey, there we go. Girls talk, boys talk. So hopefully here four years down the road. We'll have you back on. Sure. Thanks. We we love having these conversations. It's so good to get insight from other women in the building. So, Claire, thank you so much. Claire Gilbert for our Woo, performance yay, dietitian. Yay. We love getting to chat. Uh, we are going to go ahead and take our second break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. When we come back, we are going to tie up some loose ends with the Lions and look ahead to the Bears when we come back on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original Angel Food and New Angel Food Slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. I know I can't hear. Can you hear? There we, we go. go. There yeah. I am. I feel like I was shouting there for a second. <laughs> so we got our, our headphones open there. Uh, anyways, this is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to tie up some loose ends, but before we do that, we're going to head over to Jess. Very fitting that we're tying up those loose ends and looking ahead because we're talking about single game tickets, limited tickets for the remaining home games of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys season at AT&T Stadium are available now. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium for more information. I love that. Uh, Anytime we talk about those season tickets or season tickets, single game tickets, I'm like, everyone... Go stock up, go to all the home games, be loud, cheer when the defense is on, but not when the offense is on. We just know the rules, you know? Please know the rules. I didn't know the rules, the so there you go. Um, so, ladies, we have had Lions, we've had Tigers, and now we have Bears coming oh up on my. Sunday. Love that. Uh, but before we get to the Bears, uh, just wrapping some things up here with the Lions, something that I've kind of seen back and forth on social media, uh, people questioning if Sunday's win was a good win, you know, mm. with the Lions um, holding the Cowboys to just three points at halftime, uh, just some of the ways that things kind of ended up. Uh, 
all intents and purposes, the Lions were not bad. I think it was a good win. I think it was a hard-fought win. Jerry talked about that this morning. Yeah. Of the, the score of 24-6 to 6 really wasn't indicative of the battle uh, that the Cowboys had to face uh, with the Lions. Um, so, your thoughts, final thoughts? I think it's a mixture of two things. Uh, I felt like the Lions, uh, well, anytime anybody plays the Cowboys, they're going to come, they're going to play. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. They're going to get up and play. But at the same time, I think the Lions made adjustments after the bye. Like, there were some things that you saw from them in, in coverage, even disguising coverages. Um, I think – I can't – it's Yudoku. 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 I could not get his name. Y'all was struggling. You like, got this. what he did in the box, um, those were not – those were things you weren't seeing from him as heavily um, – at, in the, on the film at the beginning of the season, but I just think that they came out, the Lions came out, and they played um, inspired, aggressive football early in that game. They tackled well, and I think it just made it hard on the Cowboys. They shot themselves in the foot quite a few times, execution, that type of stuff. And, and, then in the second, yes, and penalties. Thank you. And then in the second half. <laughs> Where's your shot? There we go. Yeah. But then in the second half, it as doesn't we talk, count. I'm not talking about the Cowboys. <laughs> it doesn't count. Yeah. But in the second half that we talked about, they, they made the adjustments that were necessary to pull out the game. And then obviously the defense really adjusted to what they were doing offensively. So I think it was a solid win for what you were expecting from your quarterback returning back. But also, too, I just want to remind everybody that this is week seven because <laughs> I'm sick of it. Like this is week seven. y'all. Mm -hmm. There are 11 more weeks left here. So the offense kind of finding their identity and taking time with this younger receiver core, there's things going right for them, especially when you start looking at play action and stuff like that. Like, there's things going right for them. They got to be better on third down. Yes. They got This week they actually weren't terrible on second down. Yes. It was third down. Yes, it was. And so <laughs> they have to do better at third down. And this offense really is just in a place to where, I, like I said before, they're going to have to earn it in a way is especially with people knowing that your receiver core is still kind of up and coming you can tell the defenses are playing you that way so I I think this the passing game in particular is about to, they're going to have to continue to work at it and um, earn that respect and hopefully that just continues to open up the offense I think Dak did some dope things though um, in the passing game just nuance just nodding guys off looking mm -hmm. guys off even his hard counts like stuff that you want to see from your guy you know coming back he found he he read defense as well in certain areas as well. Like I think people should be looking forward to some of the things offensively you may be doing moving forward from this tape. Uh, and I don't think it's anything to just be upset about. It's to be expected to have some hiccups um, in his first game back. And it sets the foundation, like you said, Jess. Yeah, well, and I think what was very overlooked about the Lions is you see their record and you go, oh, easy win for the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, but no, really, you look back, weeks one through four, the Lions had the number one scoring offense in the league. The win pre-Cowboys game, they were number two behind the Bills and just ahead of the Eagles, who... Yeah, that, that speaks for itself, right? But um, really, this was never meant to be an easy feat for the Cowboys. And I think that was such a common misconception to why people are now saying, oh, yeah, well, of course they won. It was an easy win. No, because this was going to be a test for the Cowboys, and especially a test when you have your quarterback coming in post-injury, you know, post-throwing hand injury. Let's let's call that what that is. And, and I think this was the perfect game for Dak to shake off the rust. To be honest, I was looking through my notes earlier today where I was going through drive by drive and the second half yes was the better half but also specifically the ninth drive of the game from the Cowboys uh and here we go again that is when the Lions Lions defense shot themselves in the foot but but I will say despite those two penalties that the Lions put up during that same drive 
that was the Cowboys' best drive. And and that that drive alone gave a glimpse of what you're about to see from the Cowboys, more so when they're gelled together and Dak has more reps in. He has more time. Because also, what what I am so sick of hearing already is about Dak and, oh, you know, everyone was coming out of the woodworks on Twitter to talk about <laughs> Dak. Like, uh, bye. But uh, I'm glad I was at the game, so I didn't have to see all of it. But the thing was, was... What people also forget is the preseason was so short. So even when you did see Dak play against Tampa Bay, he didn't take any preseason snaps. So really, everybody, week one, that preseason is so short, that is still essentially your preseason going into week one, even though it's a regular season game. Dak didn't take preseason snaps. And I think what you're seeing now really is the product of, yes, Dak got his new perspective from the sideline, but also he finally has his healthy wide receiver core because he didn't have Michael Gallup. And we talked about this. That wide receiver core looks so much different from week one to what it does now. So all that to say, the Lions game was never meant to be an easy win, despite what the records say, because... Look at how they have been ranked. I think it was a great win. I think it was an obvious morale boost from coming off of the Eagles' loss. And I think it's a great starting point for the Cowboys. Yeah, and it's important to note, too, that Dak even said that it wasn't his best game. And he knew that it wasn't going to be his best game. You know, he said there was moments where, I, yeah, I did put a little bit too much zip on the ball. I did. I was overambitious when I threw some of those passes. And so I think, like, having that personal accountability uh, is always important, too. So, obviously, we'll see something different coming up this week. Uh, they start practice tomorrow. So we'll talk a little bit about that before we wrap up ladies um again as we are putting the lions behind us uh i want to know who's getting your game ball for sunday's game as we transition to the lions i mean to the bears oh my for last week yes for the for the for the, for the lions who gets your game ball against the lions i think i said who i say yesterday can I say a different person? Yeah, today? say a different one okay, today. Okay, let's see. Uh, sugar, duh, 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 sugar, duh, duh. All right, I'm gonna be because I looked at film. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Dalton Schultz. Okay. I'm gonna say Dalton Schultz. I think he did. He threw some key blocks in this game. Um, honestly, the key he threw a key block um, with the Zeke run, the Zeke hurdle run. Mm-hmm. But also too, just him getting out there and just showing the willingness to be out there and trying to fight through that injury. He is a big target for Dak, and I think that moving forward, he's gonna be important. So let's say. Don't. I'm going to be very basic with mine. I'm going to say Dak. I, I mean, Dak gets I my game I thought you were going to say Cavante Turpin. I almost did. I threw people for a loop. But <laughs> no, no. He, he Cavante, we talked about how great the torpedo was. I've been mm. meaning to say that. The torpedo. Thank mm. you, Chris, uh, for that. But uh, I'm going to give Dak my game ball because just the fight that that man had to get back on the field. And uh, it wasn't his best game, but he's back. And like I said, it lays the foundation. It lays the groundwork. And anytime you see your quarterback return after an injury, it's just kind of a, uh, a little sigh of relief. So I'm happy to see him back and ready to work. You can't teach that. You can't coach that. So yay for Dak. My game ball goes to Sam Williams because there's no reason why he played as good as what he did. He (laughs) was a monster out there. uh, And I'm so excited to get to chat with him a little bit more and get to know him more. Uh, So uh, Sam Williams gets my game ball. And that is going to do it for us here on this Tuesday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. We will do it all again tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!